This is the Ali Le Rouge podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the view from the terraces at Liverpool FC. You're listening to another episode of Ali Le Rouge, and I'm your host, Peter Hooten, joined by fellow legacy fans, Stephen Monaghan, Keith Colburn, and John Nicholson. Well, since our last podcast, not much has happened, has it? Apart from our world being turned upside down. Uh, the tsunami that was the launch of the European Super League. It was one of those uh, instances where you, you just remember now where you were when that came, that news come through. There'd been speculation on the, the Sunday afternoon, I think it was, about what was happening. People shaking their heads going, no, that's never going to happen, that's never going to happen. Then at half 11 on the Sunday night, the press release came out and everyone realised they're not joking, they're serious about this, you know. So, John, where were you when um, where were you when you got the news? Just at home. And when I first saw a couple of reports about it, I thought myself it was just, you know, a little bit of speculation. Wasn't really going to be serious. It was just that same old story again. But, you know, it quickly developed. And, and I think, to be honest with you, I think the owners of all the clubs were absolutely deadly serious. And and what I mean by that is, I think from time to time over the past few years, they've used it to get some leverage with UEFA or whoever to get what they wanted out of deals and more money and what have you. But I think this time, and it was the owners, by the way, let's draw a distinction. It wasn't LFC, it was the owners, FSG. I think they were deadly serious about going ahead of it and it would have just... Ruined football for me, totally. Not just for us, but for all those other clubs who, who were left behind. Yeah, Keith, you, were you um, tucked up in bed? What? Where were you when you heard the news? Were you um, getting ready for work? We were out on a Sunday afternoon enjoying our uh, legendary Sunday drink that we hadn't been able to do for a while uh, in a beer garden, um, and uh, Mr. Monaghan was busy playing on his phone, getting all the news in. Trying to give us the information at any given time. So, yeah, we were out. I was out having a drink, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Almost the reaction was like, no, nah, that's a wind up. It's going to be a wind up. Because, you know, as John says, it's been mooted for a while, hasn't it? In one guise or other. But you, you sort of, I'll be honest with you, I didn't take it serious as such. You know, we were out, and although it was coming filtering through, you'd having conversations with it. Um, we were out with two of our uh, Everton friends. Um, <laughs> and obviously you, you back and forth with a bit of banter between everybody, you know, as as you can imagine. But I didn't really take it serious as such until the Monday night because obviously I had a few drinks and went to bed and then obviously um when I was up then and obviously we were doing other things and then it sort of started filtering through what they've actually agreed to. And it sort of dawned on me then exactly the, the gravity of it all. And you know, it is it is frightening at one stage, I'll be honest. I'd be t- telling lies if I didn't say that because as John said, it was just it was just killed it the way we go and watch our football and people following up behind us. I couldn't really the enormity, I don't think even I don't think the owners understood what they'd done to a degree, as mad as it sounds, even though they were just after the money. Yeah. But you know, it would it would have just stopped us in our tracks going to a game of football ever again. In my in my opinion, that's what I thought at the time. Yeah. The depths of despair on on uh, on Monday, I felt like it was you know, a close friend had died or whatever. I thought I felt like there was a situation where you're thinking all our history, all our pedigree, our six European Cups, 
it's all getting thrown away. This cannot happen. I just thought to myself, I mightn't, I mightn't renew my season ticket. You know, Mono, were you as a legacy fan? Were you thinking the same? You're not the future of football, are you? Your legacy. Well, on on, on a Sunday, as Keith just said, we, we were having a pint in a little village, and then the text message come through, obviously from our SOS WhatsApp group, and then. All, all other mates uh, from the match started um, texting me saying, this right? You know, is this true? But then we, when we seen like it was, it was the six teams, and as Keith just said, the two of our Everton mates with us, and they were going mad that day, weren't they? But, <laughs> but, but then, but then we had a bit of banter with them, obviously. But then, as as the hours went on, it, it was getting serious and, and more serious. You know? And then, obviously, you know, um, on the Monday when. Um, it really is all, you know. Yeah. I was walking around in work and, and I, I was thinking, I, I'm never going to see Liverpool again, because you know, most of most of the lads who go to match with, you know, it's, it's used a lot like, and we're all saying it's like this is it now. This is like, you know, we had the predictions less, You know, if they were if they would have got away with what they, you know, we were in dire straits at the time, but this is it. Another different ball game to the next time one. You know, it was taking everything away from us. It was taking. Um, all the competition, all the what you just said, Peter. You know, all the clubs. It was, yeah. it, it was following Liverpool for nothing. That's what it would have been like, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, all, was, all, your, all your memories were going to be ripped up, weren't they? Basically, it was gone. I, I, I was, you know, the lads in Merth. You see, I said, "That's it." You know, that's me gone. See, I was so serious. I, I, you know, it's easy to their own lad. You know, by the way, you know, if, if everyone wants to just. <clears throat> go to all these games in Europe every every other two weeks or whatever it was in where it's be all around the world. And by the way, we love to travel and follow Liverpool abroad and we'll get us wrong on that one. But this was totally, totally different. And as you all just said there, we all knew it was coming. It's it's it came before, but then you're thinking, because even this week, you know, the new Champions League format was getting mentioned. Is he just saying it because of all this? But yeah, you can, you, you knew it wasn't this was a full on attack of uh, yeah. Let's make money, you know, as much as we can, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, it's based on the NFL, the American franchise. Now, and I think it's, you know, let, let's face it, I think it's been the Glazers and FSG pushing this. You know, I think the European clubs like Barca, Belmonte, and Juve are all in so much debt that they saw this as a way out of of, uh, of their debt. You know. Uh, but on the Monday when it dawned on everyone that uh, they actually are serious about this, and then you had um, Monday Night Football when Gary Neville and, and Carrick were saying we can't believe what's happening. It's just ripping up all our all our history. But both clubs, Liverpool and Man United, I mean, if there was a, there was a feeling of this is this is a nightmare. This is not happening. Surely this cannot be allowed to happen. But if you look at the um, if you look at the NFL uh, deal that they've just done over in America for 10 years, it was £113 billion pounds for 10 years. So that's £13 billion a year uh, for 10 years. And um, basically, um, that's what they're after. That was what they were after. It's a Netflix model almost. Amazon Prime are in, involved in that deal in the NFL. Uh, CBS are involved, a whole load of different media companies. I think for a while, the um, certainly um, certainly FSG have been looking at the European setup, saying we're not getting any help for financial fair play off UFA. 
we're going to go for it. So you can you can see what they've actually attempted to do, set up that franchise system. But it's totally alien. It might be acceptable in America, but it's totally alien to the concept of football in this country. Just think, John, it was just a case of, I think they expected some resistance, but do you think they were surprised by the actually avalanche of criticism that they got, even from politicians? And Yeah, I, I think... I think so. I think they, they must have been totally taken aback, taken aback about it. It wouldn't be the first time that they've made those mistakes, as, as you know. Um, but but yeah, um, you know, to, totally um, knocked out. I think by the reaction of everyone, you know, all football fans, and then when you had the government coming on board as well. Uh, but then in between. All those people who've made football a bit what it is today—that doesn't necessarily—it's uh, not necessarily in the best interest of the football fans. And by that I mean um, the Premier League, UEFA, and the broadcasters—they yeah. were all jumping against it as well. Because, as you mentioned, it was more than likely going to be the Amazon, the, the Amazon and the streaming people who were going to get the, the TV rights. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, and, and and I think as well, like. Um, you made some good good points there. Why why would FSG do it? And and I think um, there, there was another point that came to mind with me: the way that some Premier League clubs last, just last year, wasn't it? Um, this time last March last year, who wanted to null and void the Premier League to save their yeah. own skins from yeah, from yeah. getting relegated. And and I think that FSG might have been looking at it then, going, "Hang on, why are we having?" Just a few clubs holding us to ransom, and the same clubs are getting exactly the same money as, as mm. we do, in theory, from from the TV deals and what have you. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm not I'm not saying they were right to do it, by the way, but I think they were looking at all you know that sort of scenario as well. Keith, was this the uh, worst launch since uh, the Sinclair C5 <laughs> uh, back in the 80s when that was that was dubbed as the future of transport? This was dubbed, even on the Monday, this was calling. Perez was saying, I am trying to save football. The one thing he did do was unite most football fans around Europe. Uh, but yeah. in terms of um, even on the Monday, uh, there was talk about we're trying to save football. This is the future. And, that, and, that, and in that re respect, they mean not the match-going fans and not fans who are signed up to Sky and BT. They're talking, they're talking about Asia. Africa, America, and pay-per-view, aren't they? Simple as that. Well, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of caveats to this, you know, you know, without going too deeply into it, we haven't got the time though to both. But obviously he's almost saving football, he's almost saving his own skin, isn't he? Basically, you know, that's the reality with Perez. But Liverpool Liverpool, I've always said this, I've said this quite a few times on, on podcasts over the years that we've had, is that since the FSG, FSG have come involved, you know, we all know, remember the other year when we nearly won the league and whatever. And there was stories about tickets going on the, the internet for five on the pound for the away games and everything else. Yeah. And the club at the time said, Well, if fans are prepared to pay that, we'll we'll charge them that, even though it was fallacy that people were charging that. But so they've cottoned on to the fact that Liverpool have got a lot of fans who pay a lot of money to come and watch us, as as what's happening now. And you know, the reality is, is that when Liverpool play Manchester United, you know, the figures tell you there's nearly a billion people watching it over the all over the world, and they'll probably think to themselves, All right, we charge them a pound each. You might get half a billion watching it. It's a lot of money for one game, isn't it? I'm just trying to be a play the devil's advocate, yeah. and that's the way yeah, they yeah, look yeah. at it. That's yeah. their model, that's their mindset. 
but you don't understand with all that thinking and that thought process, the chaos it's going to cause, and it's going to damage them in the end. But they don't look at it that way. You know, you're talking about the NFL model. That it's not beyond the realms of possibility. And I said this to John at the time. You no, know, but I, I was shocked on the Monday night. I must admit it. It sunk in very quickly. I phoned you. Is that you know over in in America, it, they, they move teams now like like juggernauts, don't they? You know, when it suits them, they'll move a team from a city to another city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when it suits them. Now, who used to say that our owners wouldn't have moved Liverpool to another country? Or under, they own the club, they own the name. You yeah. obviously can't beat the ground with them. But they could have took the club and us, you know, that sounds a bit extreme. But who says, you know, because this is, that was the first step to where towards sort of just taking the club anywhere that they wanted. Yeah. And, Liverpool, and versus, Liverpool versus Man United in Singapore. Yeah, you know, and yeah. who used to say that, you know, and, you know, we all know, I think it was, I've seen you somewhere, and then we said it, I think it was John again said, you know, when Liverpool played in America the other year in a friendly, he got 110,000 fans, wasn't it, against whoever it was against. So it, the, the, the potential for people to go and watch it's there. But it, it would have just, it wouldn't have died a death because I don't think they'd allowed it to die a death because he, he signed up to a contract and he used to say it's still not legally binding. We don't know. You know, Perez was still coming out saying it's going to happen. So, you know, he's not going anywhere because he needs to stay on the same pounds. Yeah, yeah. Mano, I mean, what was the point? I mean, you probably glued to uh, so, you know, um, Sky News and that looking at it. But when you saw Chelsea fans on the street and Petr Cech, it was like it was like a bizarre. It was like a comedy show. You got Chelsea fans on the street. You got Petr Cech uh, making a speech to them, saying, "No, no, some board members don't want it." And he had leaks going to Sky going. Some of the board members of the six from the UK. Weren't happy, but the the owners were, were still determined to press on it. On with it. That was Monday afternoon. When did you realise that you know Chelsea fans on the streets on air of really, isn't it? Do you think that was like the watershed moment? I wouldn't say it was the watershed moment because you know from um, mid mid afternoon, you know, early, you know early in the day on the Monday, you know there's a strong uh, presence against all this from everyone, as we have once you said, you know, from the politicians. Uh, Football people, you know, players, fans, right throughout not just Europe but throughout the world. It's, you know, it, it can't go on this guy. So it was getting momentum by the hour, and then you know when when you did see the Chelsea fans, you know, is you imagine if Liverpool would have played their own, you know, you know, on that Monday, you know, when we played Leeds, you know, before that, you know, um, it would have been would have been absolutely packed with, you know, but in this pandemic, it wouldn't have been right. But it, it just would have been, it just wouldn't been right, would it? You know. But it, it was so strange when when uh, the Chelsea when when he said when Czech was come out and he was arguing with them and then they all started jumping up you know euphoric you know it's not happening you know and and then one by one you know they started to fall like a pack of cars didn't he yeah, yeah. But, but you know it, it was it was it was surreal all of it you know yeah. from what about forty eight hours you know it was madness wasn't it yeah I mean by by uh, by you when you heard that. Chelsea were thinking of it, and then there was also another leak that Man City weren't really. They were the last in to the um, to the Super League and might be the first out. There was all sorts of speculation going on, but there's there were still people on Sky saying, "Well, you know, it might be there might be um, people in the boardroom who are speaking up against it, but the owners still want it." And you know how powerful and how rich these owners are. Are these John? Are these? Uh, you know, absent owners who seem to have more money than common sense. Would you think that was 
That's a fair criticism. Um, well, they say like they haven't got enough money because otherwise <laughs> they wouldn't be doing it. So they might have more money than common sense, but they want even more, don't they? Yeah. Well, if you look at the situation, FSG are a hedge fund, aren't they? The Glazers the hedge funds, aren't they? So their, their, their business model is to maximise their profits. So they're just carrying out what, what they're intended to do, aren't they? That's what their yeah. argument would be. Yeah, and, it, and that's exactly what it would have done. It, you know, for them, it just would have ruined it for us, which is why I think you, you've alluded to it before. Those games weren't going to be at Anfield anyway because we wouldn't have been interested, the legacy fans. You know, they'd have been yeah. taking them games to, as you say, Singapore, New York, Hong Kong, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I think there was a bit of a misunderstanding, though. It was, I think it was designed to to um, replace the Champions League as such, wasn't it? Rather than the Premier League would still be going on. And those six clubs would have thought they'd still be in the Premier League. But instead of being in the Champions League, they'd be in this closed shop uh, European Super League because they're all yeah. worried about... Yeah. That was a sort of the naive moment, I think, for them, that they thought they could, you know, basically torpedo UEFA and their competitions and... Play, play their own little competition and still play Burnley on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I think that's a, they were really naive at that, that they thought they could just continue with that. Yeah. So I, I even. Sorry, people. Sorry, go ahead, kid. No, I was just thinking that they thought because, of, you know, obviously some of the clubs in there, you know, it's not even debatable whether they're big clubs or not. It's not, it's not even open to debate. But at this moment in time, they seem to perceive to be big clubs. But I think they thought because they had that power, they could just run roughshod and do what they want. And, and you know, again, I spoke with John, and, and as much as it killed me to say, you know, the only sort of leeway that the, the Premier League would have had against the clubs is, is to strip them of whatever they want with them yeah. when they've been a, a Premier League type, uh, team. And now we've just wasted 30 years there to win the league. You know, Manchester United won, there was a 13. You know, so, you know, that's the only sort of power that the Premier League would have had over them teams. You know, it, it's... It's it's madness to think that you can come just jump out and then say we want to come back in the suit. It's like it's like England with the, it's like Britain with Brexit. You don't like what's going on, but they chose to leave. We didn't, you know, it wasn't kicked out of Europe. They chose to leave. So if them six teams wouldn't have chosen to leave or chose to leave at the time, but wanted to come back in when the suit, yeah, that would shouldn't have never been allowed to happen if they go ahead because it's just madness. Alele Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. So Monday morning, obviously, um, you know, there's lots of opposition to it and, you know, outcry and social media's gone mad. People are mobilising, fan groups are mobilising, politicians are mobilising. But Billy Hogan, the CEO of Liverpool, sent uh, an email that was leaked and he sent that on half, half eight on the Monday morning. And it, it, in the email, it's, it explained, the Super League will be the future of European football. And if we want to continue our journey of being a sustainable club with ambition to grow and continue winning trophies, then we should be absolutely part of this process and have a seat at the table rather than that outside that group. Now, a lot of, um, a lot of people have discussed that email and thinking, you know, on Monday, this is how deadly serious they are. Can, he ever, can he, anyone ever meet him with a straight face? Surely trust has been lost, hasn't it? Mono? 
we'll try and we'll tell them that because um, got a lot of, FSG got a lot of explaining to do when when they do meet the SOS or whoever goes in as a fan representation yeah. they've got a lot of uh, explaining to do because they got and they got to be got to be told there's a lot of anger in the city of Liverpool uh, throughout you know not just football fans but it's the way we, the way they just sort of disdain the city you know they, they've done it before you know with Charity the live a bit and it's it's been a step and step by step by step and this is this is one step too far you know in in the world of football and if if whoever goes in to speak to him um or you know as, as in one two or three people whatever it is they you know for me I would you say you tell us now why why was all this going on you tell us you tell us the, the people of, well, of we know people. why don't we we know yeah why. we all know yeah, maximize profits you know? of course of course but peter he, he's got to explain then why he didn't why you fell apart it was because of fan power because of people power he's got to, they have got to come groveling to, to the football fans now it was last chance to learn all the goodwill that's been going on over the years now between fsg listen we, we've always been a bit wary let's say the least like of them uh, the way they, you know, the way they are, because we don't. They, listen, anyone that comes and buys a club for, you know, unsold money, they're not, they're not in it for the love of it. They're here to make money, and we, as football fans, we all understand that to an extent. But how much money do you, do you want to make, right? Yeah, and, 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 people... and, and, and how much? Yeah, but Peter, how, how much? You know, do you want? Do you want to take a city on? You know, and that's just not Liverpool. That's all the yeah. other, other, other clubs and all the other owners. I mean, they got, they got the club for three hundred million. Um... You know, rough estimate. People are saying it's worth you know one point five to two billion now. So they've grown the club without actually putting much money in 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 that respect, have they? Uh, because they're a hedge fund, so they of borrow course, yeah. against they borrow against the growing the business. So they saw this as the next step, didn't they? They saw this as the next step of you know this is the future. This is the future of football. We've seen Netflix. We've seen Amazon Prime. We've seen all these models. We've seen Spotify. That's you know, Spotify has been linked with Arsenal this week. Arsenal, yeah, yeah. You know, so they've seen those models of people just paying a subscription around the world, and that's what they wanted. Uh, I don't think. I mean, we we've talked about Super League since we were kids, probably, because it turned into the fudge was the Champions League, wasn't it? To get bigger clubs involved, you know, that was the yeah. that was the fudge, wasn't it? But they're going to come back, aren't they? They're going to come back because Perez is saying we're coming back. Agnelli's saying we're coming back. They haven't. They haven't uh, abandoned this idea, have they, John? I don't think they have. And when Mono was just saying there about uh, they've got a bit of explaining to do, I think they've got as much um, of a statement to make that they won't do it again. They've got no intention of doing it again, um, and they're going to stick with it because I really do think it will come back. So. You know, a lot of celebrating at the minute, and obviously the Premier League, UEFA, and Sky—they're all made up now. But if they think it's gone away for good, um, I think they might be mistaken. Yeah, I think it's only really probably legislation which could stop it, uh, and that's why you Possibly, notice. That, yeah, that's why you notice that you know the German clubs weren't involved uh, because of—I mean, there's all sorts of arguments for. The fifty-one percent, and that's not about ownership of the club. That's about voting rights on the board, isn't it? People get that mixed up, you know. Do you think mm. Keith? That's the only possibility of stopping this uh, 
another breakaway in the future, whether in 10 years' time or whenever they're going to try it? Yeah, definitely. You know, obviously, the government, you know, all these politicians, it's just a good bandwagon to jump on at the moment, isn't it? You know, it suits their interest, obviously. But, you know, when the dust settles, whenever we do put some sort of policy or something together to, to sort of stop this from happening again, that's got to be at the forefront. And it's going to be hard, we know that, because, you know, we... we we as you know, the SOFO years ago, we obviously put things together to share Liverpool at the very beginning of all this, and people are very sceptical of people you don't know because you don't trust them with the money. So if the government can put some sort of process and implement some sort of plan which gives people confidence that they, they can put the money somewhere and it's safe, who's to say that you can't build up enough money to sort of to get what you need to get? You know, it's I think I think with Liverpool and possibly United and all that, there's enough fans that, that they've got around the world. We'll quite happily, you know, give money in as long as you know it's safe and, and you're going to get something at the end of it because that's the most important thing. You've got to have something at the end of it tangible to make you, to make you sort of, you know, loosen your purse things and put your money in somewhere that you're not really sure of. Because being honest about it, you know, <clears throat> talking about these, these owners, that they are edge fund people and, you know, from the day one, they've shown that. And, you know, they've, they've not put a great deal of their own money into the club, although they, they'll say that they haven't. I don't think they have at all. They've used the club could the club become successful? And what will it become successful? The self-sufficiency in some respect. And you used to say that if if they hadn't got Klopp and he'd done what he's done, you know, they would, they would have been getting hounded already because yeah. our fans are very, you know, impatient to a degree, you know. Yeah. And they, would have, they wouldn't have had the, the, the easy ride that they've had because of what we what clubs don't manage to do. You know, he... Yeah. he but Klopp, in, Klopp in 2019 said... He didn't like the idea of a super league. So why would why would his his owners, employers, think that he could go? I mean, that's just to me, that's just madness. Greedy people, greed is great, isn't it? In America, greed, greed is nothing wrong with greed. But the only thing about our owners was it being proven again because I was I wasn't surprised that they were in it, but I was surprised he went the first to come out of it because time after time after time, when they've been called out by the fans. It's because you don't like getting called greedy. It's a corporate thing against it in America. Although they are greed at heart, you don't like it. You don't like it aimed at them. So mm-hmm. I always had to, I always thought he'd pull out of it because of the, the, the pressure he was under. But mm-hmm. well, you don't mistake about it. You come back again. You know, yeah, they get yeah. an offer. You come back again. There's no two ways about it. Well, the Mono fans was, understand. Yeah. Mono, was your, uh, were you convinced by. Um... John Henry's apology from the funeral parlour with the bunch of flowers at, the, at his side, without a suit on, by the way. I think that was choreographed because John Henry's always got a suit on. So he's there in his funeral. He was like the undertaker, wasn't he? Where, it was, he, he was in his own Boston Sea Party at the ceremony. <laughs> so, but uh, listen, no, we, we can't get kidded, can we? You know, he decided on you know a few years ago, obviously with the ticket price, and then when he see the anger of everyone again, now you think he wouldn't do, he wouldn't do, do this again, but this is on an even sense you know a hundred time scale worse, mm. and and he, he still come back to have a go with it, yeah. and as 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 we all know, you know we've all just said it, you know we, we've seen the press, we we watch the news, and you know you know Perez he keeps coming out with it, you know the events, you know they're, they're all still at it, see it's not yeah, going yeah. away, but. Yeah. It's you know if they start to say facing their own clubs and whatever, it's 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 all a game for them, you know, for all these money people. It's all a, it's just a game, isn't it? Yeah, where for us it's our life, isn't it? It doesn't mean anything to them. But John Henry did say a few years ago, um, 
the Premier League and in English shocker, he called it, is like the Wild West. It's like the Wild West. So I think they were seeing the way UFA and uh, the Premier League deal with things and thinking, well, we're, you know, we're the biggest guns in town here. We're just going to come in, ride in, and then we go what says. You know, what we say, us and United and Real Madrid and Barca, because if you look at those clubs together, they're some of the biggest clubs in the world, aren't they? So if they start saying we're doing this, they, they, they must have honestly thought, UFA can't deal without us. The Premier League can't deal without us. We're just the big. We're we're going to bully them into this, Keith. Yeah, well, obviously, the biggest uh, institutions with the biggest followers around the world. So it goes back to the very beginning of all this. It was it was always deemed to be obviously not. On, would you would you have done it with empty stadiums? Only time will tell. You know, too late to, to sort of think that. But they could have sold it all around the world because Real Madrid, Barcelona, have got the big Spanish obviously contingent following in, in Latin America. And all over the world, and Liverpool and Man United all over the place, aren't they? So they're the four biggest clubs with the biggest fan bases across the world. So they had to get them in, didn't they? You know, they couldn't have done it without them. It just yeah. wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't have sold anyway. Let's be honest about. It. Mm. But you know, it, it's what sort of brought it home to me with John Henry when he made that a uh, whatever you want to call it apology, whatever. Yeah. He kept saying, "Your club, your yeah. not our club. He's the owner of our club at this moment in time." But yeah. everything sort of revolved around. I'm sorry to do this to your club, you know, meet your club. So it it, it shows his own colours anyway. He's not yeah. interested well, in the club. That's carefully, carefully worded the thing as well. Yeah, but it, he did, he did apologise to Jürgen Klopp and Billy Hogan and, and the players and the fans and all that. But you think, I, I just felt it, it was using insincerity, that apology. Because it's the fourth one we've had, isn't it, with FSG? Mm. Mono, was you, I mean, is that what you thought? I, you know, you, Look at Klopp, you know, after before and after the Leeds game, you know, um, he, he was so shocked, you know, he, he you know, there's, there's no way Klopp was lying, was he? You know, that he said, I don't know, I'm, I'm a final today, like everybody else. And but how, how bad's that, you know, yeah, if, if, if you know, it's he's running a multi million pound business, Klopp as a manager, not as owner, yeah. obviously. Now, if the owner is not even talking to the manager of, of yeah. that business. Yeah. To say, look, because you know it's going to put him on the spot. You know it's going to come out. You know it's Liverpool playing that day, or you know the next day on a Monday. You know, so to put to put a club on the spot like that, and and you can see in in his face, couldn't you? You know yeah. it, it, the anger of him really, and you know how uh, how, how we felt. You know, we we all felt for club there. You know, yeah, it was yeah. it was such yeah. such a uh, such terrible uh, press. You know, for for, yeah. uh, for FSG. It's it outrageous, really. Yeah, John. Um, we've been clamouring, haven't we, since we've doing, been doing these podcasts for the centre half since the January window. Do you think the very fact that they didn't um, get for go for a um, a world class centre half is because they're thinking, oh, we've got the European Super League, we don't really need a world class. Do you think there's an element yeah. of truth in that theory? Exactly. Yeah, that's one of the things I thought myself. Why they didn't splash the money, any money in January? Um, I could understand at the start of the season up to a point where they thought we've got enough cover. No, Lovren's gone, but we've got enough cover, uh, and you know we don't need to buy anyone. But by January, you know that was clearly it all being blown out. And yeah, I think that they were thinking 
well, we don't need to qualify for the Champions League because we're going to be in our own version of it next season. Yeah, so yeah, we don't yeah. need to spend that money now. Yeah, I mean, did, when you, Keith, watching the Leeds match, did you, I mean, obviously the Super League was still on there and I felt, you know, I, I just thought I'm not, I was half watching it. I wasn't reacting to it. I was just, you know, I was like, I was like, in, I was in mourning really. You yeah. felt the same? Yeah, because you couldn't. Obviously, you're still trying to process all the information that's coming through at any given time. So you've got one eye on that for a start. You're trying to process the fact in your own head that you might go and watch Liverpool again, which is, you know, bad enough as it is anyway. So you've got all that to consider. And obviously the team, you know, you could tell by the team, you know, I felt so sorry for the team because they, they had to deal with the new club going into that press conference and knew exactly what was coming and he couldn't stop it. And it was it was it was disgraceful, as Mano said, by the owners to put them in that situation. They knew it. You know, this is yeah. the only day. We're talking about money. They didn't all this money. We're trying to the, the team and the manager are fighting two nails again in the Champions League. He needs to win against Leeds. And that's just put a pinprick on all the optimism yeah, before yeah, the game. Yeah. Because I felt sorry to... for I mean Milner. I felt yeah. sorry for Milner, but he, he was just totally honest, wasn't he? You know. Yeah, and didn't know he had nowhere to, to go. Yeah. And he's and in fairness to club. And the players, he stood and be counted. He done, he done the club's dirty work for them in the end. For the owners, yeah. you know, they got them out of jail really because, because you know, we was sincere. And I, I firmly believe that club didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Which, as Mono said, it's absolutely madness. Alele Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. There was a hangover there in the Leeds game, but certainly Mono in the uh, Newcastle game, that felt surreal as well, didn't it? Because you, you were, there was a feeling of euphoria when it all collapsed on the Tuesday night, and you knew it collapsed because Kenny Dagley said uh, do the right thing. So you know if Kenny's sweeting about it, it's already been they're yeah. already coming out, you know. So, but uh, as the week went on, you're thinking, great, the Premier League's back. You felt as if, and then that performance against Newcastle was almost like we've seen that match so many times, haven't we? we should have been five, six, seven nil up, and then that disastrous ending. You know, do you think that was a hangover from all the the trauma of the week? You might, you might as well just uh, repeat the previous podcast from every every old game because <laughs> we say the same thing, don't we? You know, yeah, we, yeah. we scored a first goal, we'd be all right, and we did this time. And oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was. Do you know what? Uh, we supposed to give up in the end. I mean, you know, when he got that goal at the end, you know, and then mm. it was. The uh, council, I, th- I thought it was ash, you know what I mean? But how many times we've been on the receiving end of that this year? And then to go to not see the next 30 seconds, else it was, yeah, yeah. for me, for me, it's just summer season up and go, yeah, you know what? It really did summer season up for Liverpool. It was can't uh, wait for the season to end. No, we can't, whether we finish fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever, you know, and and that's the way the season has got everyone, you know. Yeah, I hope we do obviously finish fourth, but. It's a tough ask now. We say it every week. We got to go and win this game, no matter who it was. You know, we said that last yeah. the week. We done it. Uh, th- then we got to go. Uh, th- you know, and then that Newcastle that uh, that's killed us. That's uh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you seen Klopp. You know, he even walked off the day. I think he never even. Went I mean, league, both both games we should have won, shouldn't we? Let's face it, we should have won. But we have we said more points on the board. You know, we've, we've said we've said that all along all season. Yeah, 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 yeah The games yeah. we should have won and. But we can't, we can't see it out for whatever, whatever reason. It's, John, you know. Yeah, you think, no, the pressure's, think the pressure's off against United then, John? Is it like, 
No, because I think when no. you play Man United, you've always got to try and win. You know, whether there's something gone it or, or not. If it was the last game of the season and we couldn't change our positions where we were in the table, you'd still want to beat Man United. But, but you know, as Mon was just saying, like like four points lost against Leeds and Newcastle. If we, if yeah. we take them, there's still, there's still a chance. There's still a bit of a shout. But the Newcastle one for me, you, you go into four minutes of injury time, you can see the goal and you get a get-out-of-jail card with a VAR decision that none of us seen in real time. None of us would have complained about it, I don't think, if it had been allowed to stand. Um, and then, not to say then, well, let's just kill the game now. Let's not give them another opportunity or another free kick or another corner. you know. But to go and do it and concede, I think, was criminal. And that just comes down to the... The eleven on the pitch at the time. Yeah, know. I think. Yeah, I think. You know, I mean, I, I, in a way, I wasn't too bothered because I was just so made up that the Super League had disintegrated. That I was thinking, at least we've got that next season to look forward to, whether we're in Europe or not. Yeah, and obviously, it's going to be a big blow for um, the club's finances. And I think that's half the reason, because of the pandemic. That's probably half the reason the the clubs were looking to do it during the pandemic because they'd lost so much money. Keith, are you are you still, you know, obviously we still want to get into the Champions League, but have you lost all hope now, do you think? Or we've got five games left, haven't we? It, you know, I would say never. I've never seen never with Liverpool because you never know what, you know, the boom in the past they can come back. But you can tell that the, the morale in the squad and the, the whole club's just gone through the floor on it with what's gone on in the last couple of weeks. And obviously, just made it worse of the Super League and then the two results afterwards. But Liverpool being Liverpool, you can go to Man United on Sunday and, and wipe the floor with them. You know, they're, they're capable of doing it. Um, yeah. And you, you would bet against them. But Klopp's never be beaten. Easy. Klopp's never beaten them at um, Old Trafford, has he? Uh, no. Uh, I think it's four draws and, yeah, two losses, I yeah, think. So, yeah. you know, but Liverpool, you know, we keep saying that every week, you can be wrong, but they're capable of beating anybody. But you, you tend to think it's 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 improbable, but not impossible to get into the Champions League. But you know, yeah. if you get into Europe, the, the UEFA Cup, whatever it's getting called next year, you deal with it, don't we? You know what I mean? We just move on. It's, a, it's another competition we want to be in, um, and, and you try and go to win it. But you just yeah. that. I, I do genuinely feel sorry for the players in, in, in all of this. In respect. I know the players are getting a bit of grief, obviously. You know, they're quite rightly saying you know, they should see games out to get all that. But this season's just been unprecedented for Liverpool. And it's, you know, I, I don't like saying I can't wait for the season to end because you got nothing to do at the end of it. You know what I mean? I know the Euro. Yeah. But you just want to watch Liverpool, don't you? But, yeah. you know, um, it's just, it's it's a mad season for everybody. Mm. But Liverpool more than most. Mono, do you think this is this is the least hyped up Liverpool and Man United game? Everything else has overshadowed it, hasn't it, really? I was supposed yeah, to say that. I was supposed to say that to you, PZ. You know, it's, it's not much on a... On Sky, the way they Johnny um, have, have it all. I was, you know, and um, even you know, Granada did you have Liverpool and Everton, yeah, Liverpool United. I'm sorry, yeah, the fans, you know, maybe at the end of the week, but it's it's very low key, isn't it? You know, United is still in the order uh, party. Clash of the gruesome twosome. Well, eighty dozen. <laughs> well, you know, we, we know we're going to get it next year, don't we? Off no matter where we go, you know, yeah, the degree the football is in town, yeah. you know, so. Uh, so we, we were saying, you know, we can't wait for next season. You know, it, it, 
it could be intimidating for maybe not for the fans, like, but maybe for the players, no matter where they go next season. So yeah. that's you know, that's one to watch out for, you know, in a in a in the coming season, like, but for the one on Sunday, uh, if we do have any little slight chance left, we, we have got to go and win. Got to win it, yeah. We did say that Arsenal will be done that. Yeah. So let, let's go and beat our, uh, our old foes, eh? You know, yeah. that, might, that might cheer us up for a bit. Yeah. John, we've got, um, I think it's Michael Oliver, uh, the referee. Have you got a, have you got a dossier on him? I, I think he's he's one of the better ones, him. And no, yeah. I think it was Michael Oliver in the Goodison game, wasn't it? Where this season, I think he was Michael Oliver. Um, but I think by and large, he, he's one of the better ones. You might have more of a worry who the VAR referee is, whoever. I'm not sure. Yeah. If, if, do you know who he is? Paul Taney. Paul Taney. Right, so, Timothy Wood, yeah. So he refereed us against Villa, didn't he? Last week, Paul Taney. Yeah. Man United fan from Wigan. <laughs> Is that what you just said, Keith? Yeah. Well, I like oh. work with went to referee school with him as United fan. <laughs> You've heard of it. A clue. There will be troubles on. ahead. Exclusively on Ali Rouge. Yes, I mean, do you think the, you know, there's, there'll be a, I think there's going to be a United protest against the Glazers on uh, uh, at the weekend. I mean, what do you think? I mean, do you think they've had no success against the Glazers, have they? They're just totally... They, they haven't even had the apology, I don't think, of the Glazers. They're totally distant, aren't they? You know? Do you think, you know, uh, it's a futile thing to, you know, to be carrying on protesting against the Glazers? Well, the thing is, it, I wouldn't say they've lost the chance to do it because there's always a chance, but... Over the years, Man United fans have been become sort of just, you know, so blasé about it, haven't they? You know what I mean? Well, the, most, of the, most of the activists went off to yeah, they went to FC United, United and, didn't they? In that, yeah, yeah. They've done the walk into the training ground, but them lads who, you know, obviously done that, they don't really get behind anything. They just make a statement by doing that and walk away and go then back into the background. They don't get behind any sort of movement because they don't. Man United don't do any movements, do they? You know, they don't. let's be honest about it. They haven't done it in the past. They've had that green and gold, but that's it. Keep it away, yeah. didn't it? So, yeah. you know, as much as our fan base is guys, they lose the players, it's even worse, you know what I mean? So yeah. It's, hard, well, it's, it's hard such a powerful thing, though, I think. If obviously, those six clubs, especially Liverpool and Man United, campaign for some sort of fan representation on board level, whether that's brought in through the governance of the game, through legislation, or just by fan pressure. You know, I think that is a good thing, obviously, isn't it, Mono? Yeah, it definitely is. You know, if this is, we, we, you know, we keep saying it, uh, last chance to learn out of, out of yeah. for football. This is this is one one time now for everyone to unite together. You know, number, forget your tribalism, if, yeah. if you can, you know what I mean? It, there's, there's a bigger picture here. And you know what, if them six would have went... So what would have happened to the other teams in the Premier League if they wouldn't let them six in? Can you imagine it? They're dead. So they needed them six back in there. So the Premier League probably wouldn't have thrown them out. Everton would have had a great chance of winning that, wouldn't they? No comments. No No comments. But but you know what I mean? You know, it's this is this is a this is probably the biggest chance football has had for the Sheikah. You know, you can go back. You go back to last Monday when. Uh, Carragher and Neville 
No, they yeah. were bang on on a Wednesday, you know. They, they, yeah, of course. They, they, they spoke passionately. They spoke but Sky, like, but Sky caused but, this. But you know what, Peter? He just had a bigger bully well, come along, didn't he? Yeah. You know? Well, this is well, this is this is where all these fans trust. Hopefully, we can get together. Never yeah. mind, never mind. The SOS just meeting the owners, or you know, uh, the Arsenal trust meeting there, and the, the Tottenham Hospital trust meeting. You know, Tottenham. Let's all let's all get together, and let's and let's us bring the broadcasters to the table as well. Let's hold yeah. them to accounts because yeah, yeah. It's, you know we know, go back to what I said earlier on. We know the club's got to make money, but we not we know broadcasters have got to make money. But how much money do you want? In, yeah, in, yeah. You know, come on, play the game and the kickoff times and everything's got to come come right. Yeah, into, yeah. Right well, so the Premier League that, was supposed. Sorry, the Premier League was supposed to give five percent of their TV deals to grassroots football, but the they said, "Oh no, we didn't mean five percent of the gross. We meant five percent of the net after profits." Mm. You know, it's just it's, they yeah. just change the goalposts yeah. all the time. You know, uh, Keith. You know, picking up on the, the fans' movement, I think for me, over the years, which I've been involved, is that you got to make sure this is you know this is a one one off opportunity that the right people are at that table and talking with these people, whether it be governments or owners, because. In my experience, uh, and I speak from experience, that some of these people at the higher level of, of the fans' movements are easily swayed, for want of a better phrase. Seduced by, by power. Yeah, basically, yeah. So, yeah. you know, this is, a, you know, a watershed moment, for want yeah. of a better phrase, in football. And you need the right people driving it at the very top. And I, myself, personally, I don't think some of them are good enough to do that. Yeah. So we're really... Well, do you remember people, the ticket campaign remember, we had? Yeah, yeah, 2013, when we all went to Manchester and we made a proposal, all well, the FSA tried to stop us from marching stop, in the Premier League. You know, we had meeting after meeting in Liverpool, and people come and they, they were so dismissive about we were trying to achieve and how we were going about it. But we yeah. got what we needed, we got what we got in the end because we, we forced on with it and, and proved, we were proven right. Yeah. So, to me, the most important people are the people that you know at the forefront of the actual grassroots fans movements who need to be the forefront of this, not the people who were getting, who were at the head of the FSA or FSA, whatever they're called now, they've had the chance. They've done nothing. They've, yeah. they've had all the chance in the world to deal with these people and force them and, and put the proposals together because I would suggest that if they put more radical pro, uh, proposals together for people to get behind, you probably get people more, more people behind them, but you don't seem yeah. to do it. Yeah. You haven't got yeah. the bottle. Yeah, well I think now everyone's been emboldened, haven't they, really? You know, every, I think I think basically, I mean, I know it was. Fa I think fan power had a lot to do with it, but I'm sure J.P. Morgan, the CEO was on J.P. Morgan, and we're going to lend the money to the European Super League. We own. We didn't sign up for this. We're going to get boycotted by everyone around the world. You know, and I think yeah, that exactly. was a lot to do with it as well. You know. Um. So yeah, we're looking forward to the game on Sunday. I'm just made up that you know. Uh, the European Super League uh, went down like the Hindenburg, didn't it? You know, it's just like it was just hilarious the way. I mean, by the Tuesday night, I was just went down like I couldn't was stop man. laughing because it was like it was like it was almost like a comedy show, wasn't it? And he had Perez talking like the Iraqi foreign minister, <laughs> saying it's still going ahead, and everyone else was going, no, it's not. But he's still saying it now, a week later, which is. Uh, you know, he, he must have the contracts, mustn't he? he? Must see, you know, uh, maybe the clubs have got to pay to get out of it. You just don't know, do you? A yeah, lot of, yeah. A lot of, you know. 
Well, it's like well, everything. It was done in secrets, and they're pulling out in secrets, aren't they? So you don't yeah. know the details of what's going on, and probably never will. You know about it. You know, and they're saying, you know, we get all these owners saying they'll do it out their own pocket. What? <laughs> do you think you're shocked? Yeah. They're, going, they're, yeah. they're not paying for that. The fans are going to pay for it eventually, yeah. one way or the other. Yeah. Just before we go, then, do you think there's any danger of? I mean, obviously, Klopp has been instrumental for our uh, our rise as a club in the last few years. Do you think it's you know there might be a problem of what what's happened in the last few weeks? He thinks trust. I've had enough of this. The trust's gone. You know, do you think there's a danger of that? Mono, I I, I hope not, please. Um, you know, well you you can possibly say that with with some of the other managers as well, but but for us with Klopp, you know, we have a special bond, obviously. Um, I, I hope he's, he sees his contract out, you know, the extended bit that, he's, that he signed last year, was it? Um, and I, I hope Henry has been on the phone to him and explaining why yeah. he thought it was the right thing in his eyes, but obviously it wasn't. And, and, a, and a good explanation to Klopp, and, you know, and, and, a, and sincere, you know, to say I'm so sorry for what happened John Where I think there is a danger to answer your question um, I've always told myself that Klopp would go like Bill Shankly did he'll be out of the blue you know and he say I've yeah, had enough yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm done you know mm. uh, time for me to go etc and he'll come out of the blue I just hope it doesn't come because of something mm. like this I think he'll want to have another go at Guardiola and City, won't he? You know, I think he'll want that. I, I hope so. And, on, and I hope that, um, just, just to finish off, I hope that a couple of years ago, when we were trying to sign players and what have you, and Klopp was saying, any of these players coming to talk to me and start going on about Champions League and all that when we weren't in it, he said, I'm not interested. If that's all they want, I'm not interested. I won't even talk to them. So, it will be a different challenge for next season because we might get a little bit of that players saying, well, I don't want to join you because of that. Or players who are here saying, I want to go there because we haven't got it. So it's yeah. a bigger challenge for them yeah. uh, next season. But also, so, he, he said the one thing that put him off Manchester United when he went for the interview with them is they were going on about you know untold wealth and the Disneyland of football, theatre of dreams. Keith, that's... You know, I think the our owners have exposed themselves as being exactly like that, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. but obviously, yeah, you're right. But I, I think with Klopp, with Jurgen Klopp, I'd like to hopefully think that the proof of the pudding will be the type of player he brings in, as John's alluding to. But we all know we need centre, and I think it'll be very poignant to see how much the uh, only fact because they've yeah. had the, yeah. they've had the, you know, they've had the across the numbers, haven't they? To a degree where um, now they've, they've come back you know, on their hands and knees, crawling back for, the, for forgiveness on the manager to a degree. So it'll be good to see as and when the club decide to go for any players if they back them and the quality of the players they go for because that will speak more volumes more than anything. You know what I mean? The, the owners have come up with so many hollow promises and words yeah. in the past in the last couple of weeks, anyway. So I hope he doesn't go, obviously. I hope he stays as. As we all say, and sees his contact out yeah. and, and beyond, hopefully. Yeah. Okay. There's the last the last thing, really. Is um, is there any future for FSG with the fans, John? Do you think they've you know burns all bridges, or do you think we've got to take it on face value that they've sincerely 
apologize. I think, I, I think we've got to use the moment with them, meet myself, um, yeah. for for what we want to see in the future. Um, I wouldn't have wanted an out and out campaign against them because um, we've we've been, you know, what if they say, oh yeah, we're going, we've sold to two fellas from Texas who've bought the club <laughs> by putting yeah. all the debt on the club, you know. Yeah. So yeah. you just don't know. We've been there before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keith, so, but you... I hope they can take the message on board from us and go forward. Yeah, Keith. I just think to being a bit, whether being lucky or cynical in respect of doing all this when there's a pandemic and when they haven't been able to get people in the ground to give them a bit of grief because they would have got grief. There's no two ways about it with the ground. But, yeah, but they're never here. Um, they're never here. So... I, know, I don't mean, but I mean, just get it through the crowd, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Whenever anybody always got it, didn't you? Let's be honest about the show. Mm. Um, but I think they would have got it uh, both battles. And I still think that with time, you know, time's a great deal. And, I, you know, I'm of the opinion, like John, as much as I don't like foreign owners or owners who don't have any interest in the club, it would be too early to just, you know, because I didn't vote for that in the SOS. Um, yeah, I, I, I voted to say let's, let's deal with okay. it because they're the only the club at the moment, and it'd be stupid and careless to just say we're not going to speak to them because that's the wrong thing to do. But yeah. no mistake about it, I think as and when they come back, the crowds come back, whether they're in the ground or not, there's going to be sections of the crowd that are going to have a go with them, quite rightly so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, they keep saying they're sorry, it's four or five times now, they can't keep saying it. Yeah, well, the next time they say sorry is going to be the fifth, isn't it? The proper big, you know. Yeah, so. Dialogue, mono, or campaign against. Uh, well, I was fuming on uh, Sunday and Monday. I just thought this is for them to time for them to go now. But then you, you, you start thinking then, um, well, if they sell to so as John just said, who else is going to come in? They're not here for the love of it. They need to make money. Just yeah. exactly the same as them. Um, and then, so there's two ways to go about it. You have dialogue with them, like we have done over the over the years, over the, whether it's taking. But let's be honest, you know, the SOS has done. I'm not just saying it. They've been brilliant, uh, helping fans out throughout this pandemic when they were trying to get all the the tickets sorted last year. Whether it was through. Um, you know, the, the, when you had to have your ID, you had to. There was no the amnesty was coming on, so there, there was a lot of there was a lot of um, a lot of work last year. The SOS done with FSG on behalf of the fans, um, so the dialogue has always been there. But this time, it, it, it is a last a last chance saloon, as we keep saying. You know, we, last we chance had, saloon in the Wild West, Keith. But to, just one quick thing on what Mono's saying. He's hundred percent right what he's saying, but. Let's put the distinction between you're not dealing with FST, you're dealing with the people in Chapel Street, you're people based in Liverpool. They're yeah. different people altogether, and they're the ones that yeah. you, you get something out of. Not so I think, I think so that's the distinction you've got to make. And I think if you, you've got to make that distinction between the ownership and the club, I think, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot, of, a lot of other fans from the 14 will say, oh, that's, that's a cop out. But basically, these are hedge funds who decided to do this. So why should the, the actual. Uh, Clop and the players and the fans suffer when it's talking no, about we all know deduction and things like that. You know, we all know there's, there's good people who work at Chapel Street who've got the fans' uh, interests at heart who, who yeah. work with the anti behind the back sometimes. So it, it of, is a big, I think, a financial punishment, you know, at the ownership rather than 
you know, I don't know how that's going to be imposed. But have an impact on what they spend at the club, then wouldn't it? So, well, well, possibly, I don't know. You know, I don't know. You know, it's how you do it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks a lot for listening to Ali Larouche. Um, it hasn't been a laugh a minute in the last few weeks, but uh, <laughs> and it's been pretty uh, depressing on the pitch as well. But hopefully, you've uh, you've enjoyed listening to us. Our, our um, comments about the Super League and our prospects for uh, the future. Uh, and I'd like to say that I think everyone uh, probably listening to this podcast and everyone contributing to the podcast, we're all firmly in the legacy fan uh, grouping. So we're probably not the future, but we are definitely in the legacy. So to all you legacy fans on Alain LaRouge listening throughout the world, thanks for listening. And see you in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks a lot. You've been listening to the Ali La Rouge podcast on the Blood Red Channel.